What's up, guys? Conor O'Hanlon here for another episode of the Con O Show. And today, I am specifically joining you by audio only because I'm going to be quickly updating you <laughs> on my current status. And the reason why we're only audio is because I ruptured my Achilles tendon last Monday playing some basketball with my coworkers. So today, I am indecent for a presentation. However, it is worthwhile to actually put forth some new content this week because I think you guys uh, would be interested in it and you guys deserve it. So with that being said, we're going to dive into the two biggest stories that I see this week, which are one is the COVID related stuff, which we'll get into on the back end here. The front end is going to be uh, as obvious as we're going to, you know, if you just turn on the news, what the normal thing people would be talking about, which is the Afghanistan uh, withdrawal. And we're going to talk about it from a very uh, varying perspective from what the mainstream media will portray and what from the average American will understand maybe. Uh, and I'm not trying to be condescending in that way, but it's a we are a product of our environment and a product of our media. And growing up in a, so basically growing up, I'll, I'll just hop right into it, obviously. So growing up, I am 25 now, but growing up in a world where my, one of my earliest memories is 9-11, my life has been flooded with a current state of perpetual war, an endless war that we have no end in sight. We've never had an end in sight. There's two of them, actually. There is the Afghanistan war and there's the Iraq war. Those also ignore the fact that we're in uh, in engagements with Syria, in Yemen, in Somalia, etc., etc., etc. The average person wouldn't wouldn't care to know, and they don't know any of that stuff. But the two main things that we are talking about here, when it comes to endless wars, is Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm going to put it in perspective a little bit before we dive into some of this, and and. Di- dissect some of the takes I've seen as uh, the right has uh, jumped on Biden. Some people that so-called left, uh, so on the so-called left have jumped on Biden. And I'll talk about where the criticism is valid and where the criticism is not valid. Um, and we'll dive deeper into that. But let's, let's point out the fact that my brother was born in 2004 and he has not lived in a world where the United States has not been at war. He is about to be 17 years old, old enough, almost old enough to serve in the wars that he was not alive for when they started. Now, the images coming out of Afghanistan should be um, showing you the horrific things that have been going on there for 20 years. Because something else that we, we don't talk about, we don't hear mentioned is the amount of civilian casualties that were caused by the United States. That is not something that we tout because it is disgusting and it is vile, but conservative estimates of the uh, of the civilians killed between the Af- Af- Afghanistan and Iraq wars range from about 100,000 to 1 million from the beginning of the wars in late 2002, Iraq's 2003, um, to today. That is not the Taliban. That is not Al-Qaeda. That is not ISIS. That is the United States that has done that. And we should be able to re- repent on that and understand that the reason that we have to pull out is because there is no end in sight. There never was an end in sight. And once we recognize that, once we realize that, any point in which we pulled out of of the Afghanistan war, this was bound to happen. The Taliban was going to take back the country. Now, why is the Taliban so heavily armed? How? Is the Taliban so heavily armed? There are contrasting reports in history, right? But when you go back, let's rewind to our good old buddy that we always love to talk about, Mr. Ronald Reagan, the hero of the right wing, who authorized arming what were not so 
they were not so-called terrorists at the time in Afghanistan when they were fighting the Soviet Union. Because the Soviet Union was the, you know, the big evil, the evil empire. So, of course, you have to fund these Afghanistan, uh, you know, again, they're not terrorists at the time. Very, very loosely saying that they're not terrorists at the time. These insurgents to fight the Afghanistan, I mean, sorry, to fight the Soviet Union. And wouldn't you know... Those arms ended up being in the hands of Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. Because who did we arm? Osama bin Laden. The guy that in, I believe, 2012, everyone was cheering that when we got him and he was killed. That is the guy that Ronald Reagan, George uh, Herbert Walker Bush, those two specifically armed to fight against the Soviet Union. So I don't want to hear about it when we're talking about 30 years, 35 years now of, of meddling in this country. At some point, and everyone agrees, at some point we had to come back. We had to get out. Now, that is where the valid criticism comes in. And I will, I will just say that obviously the actual operation of getting everybody out was botched. Obviously, it could have been done better, and obviously with better preparation would have been better execution. However, the effects of pulling out would be nearly the same. I would be shocked to find any other reasonable outcome that would have came from us leaving. The people don't support the government. The army didn't continue fighting. I know uh, we look at, we hear the rhetoric, right? right, This is where, (laughs) this is where it really ticks me off. Because look, you can admit that we screwed up. We didn't do the right thing on uh, pulling out. But you have to acknowledge that we did the wrong thing first by going there. If you don't acknowledge the initial mistake, you can't fix or acknowledge the second mistake. You can't blame Biden or Trump for what the George W. Bush administration did. They got us into the war. Nobody is talking about them. Nobody is talking about Dick Cheney and George W. Bush and all the other warmongers in that administration that are getting to skirt by because... George, uh, because Donald Trump is getting the blame from the Democrats and, uh, freaking Joe Biden is getting blamed from the Republicans. You look at the different media sources. I've been watching CNN. I'm stuck in a cast. I can't walk. So even while I'm working, I have the news on. You watch CNN, you watch Fox news. They just blame each other. They just blame the other president because guess what? Who did have the plan inset to pull us out? Donald Trump. And while before we, he had the uh, before he had been you know ousted as president by the United States people, <laughs> uh, he was touting this as a huge um, accomplishment. And you could go back into my original take on this when Donald Trump said we're going to pull each other out, th- these people out. I said that is great as long as you have the plan to get the people out. That's exactly the same point I am making right now. It's the exact same point. If the plan is botched, the execution is going to be botched. If you fail to plan, you will always fail. But just because it's Joe Biden, it's an easy target. People are blaming Obama now. Obama hasn't been in office, guys, for, (laughs) I don't even know, like, Eight, nine years? Maybe I'm overestimating. Seven years? Whatever it is. Um, Regardless, he is not to blame. It's not a single person either. Let's also point that out, okay? This then always leads into the feign, the faux outrage from the Republicans, from the conservatives, from the people in the media, not um, not all media, but specifically conservative media, 
when it comes to the treatment of the people in Afghanistan. Now, the criticism is accurate. The Taliban is a horrible group of people. They are terrorists. But for these people that support a party in the United States that wants to restrict abortions, that wants to restrict voting access, that wants to uh, restrict access to health care, that, w- that wants to basically go back to the 1950s socially and repress women and repress people of color and repress uh, LB- LGBTQ uh, plus people. It is wholly ironic to hear the cries of these people when they talk about Afghanistan, when they do it here, they would do it here if they had the option. The far, far right, that is the Taliban. The far, far right, the uh, Islamic fundamentalists, that is what the far right in this country would be if they were not kept in check. Because it's a religious doctrine and they look different, people look at the at these uh, the Taliban differently than they would the domestic terrorists here. So, it is fake outrage from these folks. They are acting as if they are willing to fight and protect women in Afghanistan when they don't give a shit about people in their own goddamn country. So, I don't want to hear it from them. I don't want to hear about it. I want to hear about the stories from the people in Afghanistan and the struggles there because we can get them out. We can get them out. We can help them. But I don't want to hear it from uh, Tom Cotton. I don't want to hear it from Mike Pence. I don't want to hear it from Donald Trump or Sean Hannity or Tucker Carlson. I don't give a shit what they have to say. They're the ones that got us into these goddamn wars. They're the ones that perpetuated the lies that have gotten us into these wars. Now they're going to act like they are heroes. They are, you know, because they're standing up against Biden. Oh, we should have stayed there longer. We should have stayed there longer. Yeah, maybe we should have stayed there a little bit longer. Maybe we should have stayed a month or two months. Maybe we shouldn't have announced a public date as to when we were getting out. Sure, that's all valid criticism. But the critic that's not their criticism. Their criticism is that they're they're saying, oh, you know, now it's gonna be horrible for women. It is gonna be horrible for women. We recognize that. That's why we have to go and fight and protect them through humanitarian efforts, through the State Department. We're not obviously if if 20 years of bombing a country did not fix it, if 20 years of occupation by a military force did not fix it, then clearly we need to rethink the strategy. Sickos like Tom Cotton, they want to spend and spend and spend when it comes to the military uh, department. I refuse to call it the Defense Department. Because their buddies are the ones that get the contracts. And they're the ones that are dropping bombs. It's disgusting. They they act like they care about human rights and they don't care about human rights. It's funny because a Today, as I'm recording this, I got a, you know, a 40 years ago memory of the kid that was shown in Syria with the, the all the soot over his face because the bomb blew up his house. The little kid. You, you probably know what I'm talking about if I bring it up. The Syrian kid. These same people will reject every opportunity to bring in refugees to this country from the war that they started. They started the war. They displaced these people. They killed these people. They authorized the killing of these people because let's actually acknowledge the fact that the Afghanistan war was the actual authorization for the war on terror. We've been in perpetual war for these people that will never, never accept 
that when they blew up somebody's house or they authorized somebody's house to be blown up, that that person would uh, be relocated into their neighborhood or into their town because they're racist. They don't care. They view them as the other. There's tweets about it. There's videos of it. There's pictures of it. There are people that are, are tweeting the picture of the plane saying, oh, I don't want, would you want these people to come to your town? Yeah, I would. I would rather them be here than some psychopath like you. If you have no empathy for the things that these people have gone through, they've, they've actually fought for their country. They've actually fought to uh, uphold the democracy rather than undermine it consistently. I would rather have somebody like that. And the reason why they're saying that is because they're bigots and they're xenophobic and they're trying to stoke fear saying that Joe Biden's bringing, they're probably going to say some stupid number. It's like, it's, it's like 2000 that are coming to the United States. Some ridiculously low number of refugees. Remember what I said in the beginning, the United States is responsible and this is not me saying this quote. This is the United States government reporting on civilian casualties between 100,000 and then the UN reporting up to a million. So I don't care what Tom Cotton has to say. I don't care what Ted Cruz has to say. I don't care. This also leads me into the point that you very quickly see the different sides, and I'm putting them in quotes because you can't see me today. The different sides of this in the media, right? So you have CNN, MSNBC, Fox. Yeah, there's slightly different tinges of it, right? CNN's bringing on John Bolton. You, you guys realize who John Bolton is. This guy was hungry and hungry for a war with Iran. So when they say like, oh, you, you know, we're pulling out of Afghanistan. Doesn't that make us weak in the face of Iran? No. No. <laughs> the, the media consolidation on the messaging of, of self-perpetuating war. Because once you are in... It is so much harder to get out. It is so much easier to say, well, we can just keep them there. We just keep funding them. Yeah, we just keep funding them. Yeah, spend another trillion. These wars have cost trillions with a T that could have been spent any any number of ways that could have been giving people health care, that could have been funding cancer research, that could have been funding uh, schools, it could have been funding uh, preschool elementary school, uh, college, it could have been funding infrastructure, anything that you could have, it could have been providing people with jo high paying jobs with benefits rather than these people complaining about freaking inflation, about these made up welfare queens. You could be paying people to actually work because people want to work but instead of creating a, uh, a Green New Deal that would actually in invest in our infrastructure and invest in our human infrastructure, our people, we decide rather it's more important that we spend money on Moabs and we bomb Afghanistan. Because, of course, the mother of all bombs, by the way, is the largest bomb that's ever been dropped in human history other than a nuclear weapon. And we dropped those on Afghanistan proudly. Because that's more important. Because that probably, I would bet you that one bomb could probably pay for millions of kids to go to school. Or it definitely could have fixed the Flint, uh, the Flint water crisis. And I bring up all these examples because the Republicans will always say about, oh, we, we got to take care of our own people first. We got to take care of our own people first. And then when this comes, oh, actually, we need to stay there, but we can't bring them here we we need to it's it's it they're they tie themselves into a, a pretzel right away if you engage with anybody on these topics if you accept yeah we pulled out it the way that we pulled out is a mistake granted 
actually pulling out is not a mistake. We should have done it long ago. If Trump did it, I would have applauded it. But he didn't. He put it right into the right into the Biden administration because he knew that no matter how you do it, it's going to look bad. Anybody could have told you that. But the media consolidation, the messaging, having specific people on every single station, every single hour of every damn day, it shows you they're not that different. There is no, quote, liberal media that is perpetuating a message of we have to get out because that's actually what the people want. The American people want to get out of endless wars. But they are, I don't, they are lulled into a sense of false, uh, I don't, it's not even complacency. It's, it's, they are just lulled into believing that we are a necessary force. We are supposed to be the, the world's police, but we're not, we are not supposed to be the world's police. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. I just want, I want to contextualize this because it's important to know why we were there. Why these people are hard to fight. They're fighting a guerrilla style warfare. They are armed because we armed Osama bin Laden. We should be disgusted by these historical figures like Ronald Reagan, George Herbert Walker Bush, and George W. Bush that have enabled this crap. You could throw Bill Clinton in there too. The American people do not want more war. End of story. That's it. We don't want to be fighting in Syria. We don't want to be fighting in Somalia. We don't want to be fighting in Yemen. We don't want to be fighting in Afghanistan. We don't want to be fighting in Iraq. I don't want my neighbors, my brothers, my cousins to go fight and die or risk dying or lose limbs for things that we don't have to do. We can have a strong military presence, sure. We should have a stronger State Department. We should have a stronger negotiation uh, force. I know that sounds funny, but you actually have to work with people, even if they're your enemies. You can't bomb everyone off the face of the earth. And that's clear because we lost in Vietnam. We lost in Afghanistan. And that's not something that I'm proud of. We need to get beyond like the concept of just winning and losing this shit. We need to be beyond the concept of we are the enforcer of the world. We're not. We don't have to be. We, we, I guess we are, but we don't have to be. We're actively choosing to. And when you will overextend, when you bite off more than you can chew, like we, like what I was talking about, I bet, I bet a little bit, uh, it was probably one of the first shows when I talked about having to go to war with Iran. Iran is much stronger than Iraq. It's much bigger than Iraq. And they're well-funded. And they will probably be able to get nuclear weapons because of the way that um, the Trump administration ripped up the nuclear deal. I don't know if there's been any updates on renegotiating that deal. I might have to probably brush up on that to be fair. But this whole situation was avoidable. But there was one congresswoman, Barbara Lee, who voted against it. Not even my boy Bernie Sanders voted against this one. We need to do better. Moving forward, we have to do better because it is necessary. It is what has to be done. 
if we want a better world, if we want a better country, if we want future generations to grow up in a world, in a country that takes care of our people, then ending endless wars has to be at the top of the list of priorities. I know it's, it is a lot. (laughs) I am, I apologize if I blew out your speakers there a little bit, but it is important to point out all this stuff. The hypocrisy is so apparent with these folks sit and watch the news. Look, if they ever have somebody on there, that is a leftist that is actually going to bring up the fact that we shouldn't have been there in the first place. And if we had to go there, if, We had to send special ops and get Osama bin Laden. We should have been out much sooner. But you don't hear that. Even the most, you know, quote, liberal of medias. They all perpetuate the same lines. Now, they might not be as brazen as Sean Hannity, but they're very Very similar in the end. With that, we will move over to the second half of the show, which is going to focus largely on the masking and the vaccines and the booster shots and the whole COVID thing, because of course... This is not going away. (sighs) Yeah. So, obviously, the first thing that we have to touch upon here is the fact that the CDC is now recommending that soon, not now, but soon, after eight months of vaccination from the Pfizer and Moderna um, vaccines, you will need to get a a booster. Uh, This is... I've seen I've seen the debates going on being like, well, all right, well, do you need it? Do you not need it? Um, the fact is, is that it seems like you don't absolutely 110% need it if you are doubly vaccinated already. However, the vaccine's um, prevention rate is going to continue to drop as one, it becomes less effective over time, and two more people get sick and more variants begin to spread. Um, I believe the current uh, reduction in catching the uh, Delta variant with, if you had been doubly vaccinated, is uh, 62%. That's what I saw today before recording this. Um, That's for regular people. For obviously, if you're in an immunocompromised state or you work in a highly highly risky area like you're a doctor or you're a nurse that's probably going to be lower just by the pure fact of you being uh in contact with people that are sick so much but the real reason i want to talk about this today is because we still have people and this is this is going to be a weird mixture of things be just because I've been set off because again I am sitting on my couch most of the day doing nothing but working and scrolling through social media to take breaks because I can't walk so I it's even a struggle to go to the bathroom and get around so uh even when I take a break I'm still just sitting in the same spot <laughs> so uh I drive myself nuts because I get to look at social media and I've had acquaintances that share stuff and they always put the caveat I am not anti-vax though what does that phrase mean to you if someone says I am not anti-vax though either at the beginning or the end of their statement would you expect them to be saying something that is 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 medically sound Would you expect them to be saying something that is respecting of other people's scenarios or situations in which they are immunocompromised? Or would you expect it to be an ill-informed, selfish 
take about vaccines, their body, and I'm putting that in quotes, their choice, again, in quotes, because this, and I've said it before, I apologize for repeating it, but this is not about a personal choice. This is not about your personal liberties. This is not about you as an individual. This is a public health crisis. There is a reason that when you drive, you have to wear a seatbelt. You technically can make the individual choice to not wear it. And when you crash and you go flying through the windshield, that is technically your choice. But driving and cars present a public safety hazard. Let's take it one further step. You have the personal liberty and the choice to drink if you are over the age of 21. You, however, do not have the personal liberty to get drunk and then drive because the reason is you as an individual can choose to drink. You and you as an individual can choose to drive, but those two combinations, they create a public safety hazard. So laws have been passed that restrict you, restrict your quote, freedom, your liberty to drive drunk. Now, I would ask somebody, hey, you're not vaccinated. Okay. Are you okay with people drunk driving? If they are, all right, at least they're consistent. But I have a feeling that most people are okay with drunk, uh, with, with the laws preventing drunk driving because that protects them. They might not drink. They might not, not, uh, they might not choose to drink and drive. They might not choose to get high and drive. But somebody else might, and at least, at the bare minimum, there is something there that would punish those people for breaking a law. It's not the end-all be-all. People still drink and drive. People still drive uh, uh, without their seatbelt on. But there are laws that are supposed to help enable people to be more safe. The public is supposed to be more safe. But the choice, the selfish choice, and I am going to emphasize that it is selfish in a way, but it's also not selfish because if you don't get the if you don't get the vaccine, you're actively putting yourself in harm as well as other people. But it is selfish and a grandstanding to say, oh, it's my personal liberty to not get the vaccine. Okay. If that's the if that's the case, then you probably shouldn't have ever been able to go to a public school. You probably shouldn't be able to go on public transit. You probably shouldn't be able to go uh, to stadiums. You probably shouldn't be able to go to concerts. You probably shouldn't be able to be a member of society if you are un willing to sacrifice a slice, a tiny sliver of what you deem is freedom for the greater good. Now, I will point out again, I have grown up in a world that has been solely post 9-11 in my uh, conscious life. The same people that are complaining about the loss of individual freedom around the COVID vaccine or masks, so we're going to get to masks in a second here, have never, I have never seen a single one of them at, talk about the Patriot Act. I've never seen a single one of them talk about them ripping up the Constitution, the George W. Bush administration ripping up the Constitution, getting rid of your Fourth Amendment rights, because they don't care. I've never heard them uh, uh, have issue with the NSA spying on you. I've never heard them say a single freaking word about the individual liberties to your own personal uh, privacy. Because it is an act. 
They're grandstanding. They don't care about the actual concept of liberty or the concept of freedom or the concept of this freaking country. They are taught and they are conditioned to be, I am a super individual. I do everything that's best for myself or what I think is best for myself. They just, this goes back to my episode on the death of expertise. They throw out the opinions of experts because they know better because they Googled it. They're probably the same people that deny climate change. It's, it's infuriating that I have to consistently hold myself back from just commenting on crap because these people are spreading lies that, I, that are literally getting people killed. And they don't care. Because they think, oh, it's somebody else's choice to be fat. It's somebody else's choice to get diabetes. It's somebody else's choice that they're immunocompromised somehow. However, whatever reason it is for them, they're going to say, sucks for you, you should wear a mask. Sucks for you, you should get a vaccine. Not realizing that they are continuing the perpetuation of the evolution of a virus that will continue to kill people that has already killed over half a million Americans. They do not care. It is all about me, 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 me. Now, if they applied the same logic to anything else, maybe we can come to some agreement on something and fight for the collective good of the working class people. Maybe we could fight for, I don't know, a living wage for people or universal health care. Because then, if you had universal health care, these same people wouldn't be able to complain about people being obese or having diabetes or having some sort of pre-existing condition that would make them more prone to getting COVID. But they don't care about that because they have health care. They can go to a doctor. They think they know better than doctors, actually. Not everyone has access to a doctor. Not everyone has access to medicine. Not everyone can get preventive care. But it leads me to what happened here in Bucks County is we had to have the doctor that works for the county flip on his position on masking because for some reason, the county said, oh yeah, you don't need to have masks in schools. Deaths have shot up 20% in this country in the last week. But no, yeah, you don't have to have masks in school where the vast majority of kids are not vaccinated. How do you prevent kids from getting sick? They wear masks. If you have to have them in, pu- in person for school, which that seems to be the consensus, you have to have them wear masks. If you don't have them wear masks because kids under 12 cannot be vaccinated and the majority of kids probably between 12 and 16 are not vaccinated yet, you are going to have kids getting sick. The Delta variant is more dangerous towards kids. It spreads at uh, almost four times the rate that the, regu- the original COVID uh, spread. So not only are the parents at risk, not only are the teachers at risk, the kids are now at risk. So let's just say you're some, you're, you're some sort of, uh, I don't know. You, you have no empathy for people that are your own age. You have no, you have no caring for uh, adults. You have no caring for the uh, staff, the janitors, the, uh, the guidance counselors. You have no empathy for them. Let's just, I'll, I'll grant you that. You're supposed to care about the kids. At the bare minimum. Kids are getting sick at a vast, vast rate. It is extremely dangerous to be sending them in. And it is extremely reckless for leaders to not step up and fight about this. I don't care if there's if there's backlash from certain parents because they have to they think they're brainwashed into believing that masking is child abuse. Well, where did they hear that? I reported it on his show weeks ago. 
Tucker Carlson is saying that. Fox News is saying that. OAN is saying it. Again, it boils down to media. These people don't know who's an expert. Show them who's an expert. Act like an expert. Get real doctors on TV. Get real doc Because if you put someone on TV, I have news for you. They are legitimized. No matter what they're saying. You put Alex Jones on TV, he's legitimized. You put Donald Trump on TV, he's legitimized. That's why he became the goddamn president is because he was on TV. We glorify the almighty television. We should recognize that if you put an actual expert up there every day, although it may form a cult of personality the same way that Fauci has... At least they will be listening to legit science. Instead, you have quacks going on there that are saying, you know, masks actually kill kids. The vaccine kills people. I had someone ask me if I if I ruptured my Achilles, and then the second question that they asked me was, Where, are you vaccinated? Do you think that I got vaccinated and the vaccine ruptured my Achilles tendon? Seriously. These people are living in another universe, so I get it. It's hard to operate, and it's hard to have a conversation about it. But the concept that they are they are just completely ignoring is the collective freedom of all people in the country. Because when you disregard public safety, you are infringing upon other people's rights. Your choice to not wear a mask is infringing upon somebody else's right to life. The most fundamental right that we have. Your choice to not get vaccinated is infringing upon another person's right to life. Even if... You don't believe that, okay, maybe that person's not going to die. Okay, let's go to the second one. You have life, liberty. Okay, how does it infringe upon liberty? Your choice to either not get ma- wear a mask or not get vaccinated is, in- is imposing upon somebody else that they will get sick and have to isolate themselves for 14 days, have to not go to work, have to lose their wages potentially, have to isolate from their children, isolate from their family. You see how it goes. But that's not freedom. Somebody will say <laughs> that's just the, I don't know, repercussions of whatever. No, 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 no. You have the liberty of and the right to associate with who you want. You have the right to go and do what you want. But when somebody else infringes upon your right, the non-aggression principle, that's literally what libertarians are supposed to adhere to. That is where your rights end and somebody else's rights begin. So the second you start spewing your virus (laughs) everywhere, that is when your rights stop and another person's rights begin. So quickly, I will close up and discuss about the powerlifting community going in an uproar and people cutting their sponsorship ties with Arnold Schwarzenegger. First of all... (sighs) Arnold is a Republican. So the fact that I have to defend Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Republican, goes to show you how bad some of these people are. They are talking, oh, because Arnold said, screw your freedom about wearing a mask and a vaccine. We're not sponsoring the Arnold. Okay. Okay. There you go. But you cannot and you will not complain about Dr. Seuss getting canceled for two books because the publisher stopped publishing them and and in the same breath cancel Arnold Schwarzenegger you're going to cancel Arnold a Republican because he said that but you're okay with comparisons of uh, pass, you know, vaccine passports which you guys have all had because you went to public schools and you needed to get vaccinated to go to public schools You had those. They weren't called vaccine passports, which again, messaging is poor. But you had to be vaccinated to go to these schools. 
You know why I know that? Because I went to the public schools. I know that. But your choice is more important, right? So the liberty to withhold their funds from, you know, I, I, I saw people that I liked say this shit. And it's like, it, the concept of freedom to them is so limited. It is so small in scope. It is not fully understood. It is just complete anarchy to say, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. This is a free country. I can do whatever I want. It's my choice. Even if it has negative impacts on the society, even if it has negative impacts on you, I don't care. That's freedom. That is not what freedom is. That is not what the concept of liberty is. It is such a minuscule and microscopic viewpoint of what the concept of freedom entails but with it's this is like the classic uncle ben quote but instead of power with freedom comes responsibility the same way that with power it comes responsibility but with freedom if you were given freedom there is responsibility to use it wisely to use it properly and to not infringe upon other people's rights. This is why, you know, if you look at the uh, political compass, I am left and down. Because I am a uh, leftist libertarian, if, uh, according to the political compass. The non-aggression principle is thrown out of the... This is why I always find it funny. Because these people are self-described libertarians, but they do not even recognize that they're throwing out their fundamental basis of their ideology the non-aggression principle just thrown in the trash because they do not care they're going to cancel arnold because he said quote screw your freedom of course they're not going to listen to the whole quote they never listen to the whole quote but yeah Cancel Arnold. Yeah, cancel Arnold, your your one Republican California governor since like Ronald Reagan. Go ahead. You're going to cancel him. I don't want to hear any complaints about canceling Gina Carano for making comparisons to the Holocaust. I don't want to hear it. Don't care. Because you're complaining about cancel culture while you're canceling somebody. This is why historically you never, ever, 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 ever hear about cancel culture because it was always about oppressing people from the left. McCarthyites, uh, uh, well, literally just McCarthyism, what is in its original form was cancel culture of people further left than me, but of the left. This has historically been true. When people were switching from different religions, boom, canceled. When any, you go through history, standing up for civil rights, boom, canceled. Actually, not just canceled, you were assassinated. So I don't really, you know, I don't need to hear the croc, I don't want to see the crocodile tears. I don't want to see your performative bullshit about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't care. Um, you know that the right thing to do is to wear a mask. You know that the right thing to do is wear a vaccine or to get a vaccine, but you choose not to because your individual identity of being a, you know, rebel is going to mean more to you than the deaths of probably a million people by the end of this year at this point. If we continue the way that we're going and people continue to not get vaccinated or wear masks and kids are just about to go to school, God help us all. (laughs) If you believe in a God, I would pray to them that these people see the light. Because that's the other thing is listening to me, you're not going to hear, they're not going to, they're not going to hear what I say and hear and see the light. They're not going to listen to what Dr. Fauci says. They're not going to see, listen to any of these experts directly and just say, yeah, oh, oh, this one guy said it, so that's okay. No, it's incumbent upon uh, media figures, 
And we should be holding these people to account that they are spreading lies and misinformation and disinformation consistently. And they are leading to the deaths. They've been leading to the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people since March of 2020. I remember when this first started and people on Fox News were saying it's no worse than the flu. It's just, you know, whatever. It's it's just like the common cold. Uh, it's not going to spread that much. It's not going to be whatever. But, and, and then as it got worse, you'd think people would change their minds, but nope, nope, nope. And then let's re- lastly remember that the vaccines were, uh, you know, about to be finalized under Donald Trump. There's a quote about Kamala uh, Harris saying, oh, I wouldn't take it if um, if Trump says take it. Now, let's put that in context before we go. The, the only reason that you need to put that in context is because she said, I wouldn't take it if only Donald Trump said it. The CDC would have to approve it and say, oh, yeah, we're good to do it. And the FDA would have to do it, which, by the way, the FDA has emergency approved the vaccines. That means they're safe. They are about to hit the time frame that they could be fully approved. And they will be approved. But I've heard that quote saying, oh, well, Kamala said, you you shouldn't take it. You shouldn't take it. No, that's not what she said. But I do wonder, and I'll leave you to chew on this as we leave. I do wonder if Donald Trump was president right now, would things be different? Would his followers have gotten vaccinated? I'll let you answer that question yourself. But with that being said, uh, thank you guys uh, for listening. Uh, The show is actually still going to be on YouTube. I'll probably just have a picture of my face and some nice wavelengths going. But uh, otherwise, you can follow the show on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow the show on Instagram as well. You can support the show for as little as $5 a month on patreon.com slash the show. However, I will ask if you are willing to support for now that you consider supporting my campaign for tax collector as 2021, the elections are right around the corner, November 2nd. Um, and my campaign could really use a little bit of a boost as we deal with me not being able to walk. So <laughs> we are trying to reach people by mail in any way that we possibly can. Every dollar is going to be spent on voter outreach. I promise you that. Um, but with that being said, thank you so much for watching or listening. And until next week, stay safe and let me know what you think. If Donald Trump was president, leave it down in the comment section below. Do you think that the vaccine, uh, the vaccination rate would be different? All right. Stay safe. I'll see you next week. Peace.